Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. It's a beautiful day here in uh, Michigan. Usually it's a little gray, especially in the winter as I'm recording. It's in March. So it's so awesome just to be able to see the skies, to feel the heat, see the sun. It's something that uh, that I never thought I would miss, especially coming from South Carolina where it's pretty much always sunny. No matter how you came to today's episode, whether you are watching or listening, whether you are watching on YouTube or Facebook or you're listening on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play Music Store, wherever you are getting this podcast, it is a complete honor that you are here. And briefly, I want to just kind of introduce what Color and Chaos is in case this is your first time. It's always the moments of challenge, of chaos, that I can look back on and see that those were the exact same things that produced so much growth within me and that made me grow in character, made me grow as a person. And not only that, but helped grow me in my relationship with my creator, savior, and sustainer. And so likewise, no matter the chaos that you are going through, when we stop leaning on our own strength and instead lean on the strength of our creator, savior, and sustainer, we can find a color in the chaos. And so that's the cry of this podcast, just to find a color in chaos by not leaning on our own strength or my own understanding as we walk through the unknown of today and tomorrow, but instead leaning on the strength of our creator, savior, sustainer saying, you know what, Lord, you are the one that could produce the color out of this chaos. So Lord, help me be present and help me lean into you no matter what I go through. And so that's what the heart of this podcast is. And again, it's an honor that you are here. I, I, I love having an opportunity every episode to pray for you. And uh, this episode, no exception. So before we get into today's episode, I would love to pray for you and just dedicate this to the Lord and just invite him to do a work within my heart, within our heart today. So here, let's pray and then we'll start today's episode. Lord God, just thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing. Just thank you for this beautiful day as I'm recording this. And Lord, I just pray for those that are watching or listening this, no matter what they're going through. Lord, you know their hearts. Lord, just remind them that you are present. Remind them that you care. Remind them that you have such a beautiful plan and purpose for them that goes so far beyond anything this world can offer. And not only that, but anything they've even been through. Lord, you have a plan for our lives That is so beautiful if we can just pause and try to see things from your perspective. And so, Lord, no matter what, we just want to have a moment where we look to you, cry out to you, recognize our need for you, and Lord, just do a work and wonder within our hearts today. We need you, Lord. And just bless this podcast, bless the words that are spoken, move me to the side, and help us respond to you. We need you. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Do you ever find yourself just having a moment where you just kind of pause And you think about all the different events, all the different things that have happened that have gotten you where you are today. No matter if it's good or bad, have you ever had a moment where you just kind of paused and thought, wow, there was a journey that got me from being that that little kid to where I am now. No matter your age, no matter where you are in the world, I'm curious if anybody has ever had a moment like I have when I just stop and I just think of all the things that have gone on. Maybe when you stop and think about what led you to where you are, that's not a pleasant moment. You can maybe see opportunities and moments of of hurt, and it's not something that you necessarily want to relive. But at the end of the day, you are here right now listening or watching this podcast, and there's a journey that has gotten you from where you were to where you are now. 
And it's just mind-boggling to think of all the different things that has happened to get us to where we are right now that in the moment we didn't even realize would have as much impact as it did. Recently, I've been reading through some of the more obscure books of the Bible, uh, books in the Bible that um, I don't necessarily reflect on often or that I don't really hear talked about as often. And it's not because these books are bad or any less significant than the other books that are in the canon. But that it just for some reason, it's just kind of like a like a little like footnote. It's 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 so small. It's maybe one or, th- or three chapters that is easily f- skipped if you're flipping through the pages. You know, it's, it's so easy, especially in the Old Testament to, you know, see the big books, you know, so you see the the Psalms, you see the. You see the Daniels, you see the Isaiahs, but but this book specifically that I've been going through isn't one that you necessarily will just stop and be like, hey, I, I, I need to read that book, but I've been in it. And so that book is the book of Haggai. So the book of Haggai is found within the minor prophets of the Old Testament, and it's, and it's a book where the prophet Haggai, the Lord gives him a message to tell the Israeli people during a time where they have been neglecting the Lord. They've been neglecting the Lord and they've been putting a lot of time and energy and resources into their own houses and their own uh, just kingdom in, in, in a way, but they've been neglecting the things that matter the most. And specifically, they've been neglecting the temple of God. And so during this time in, in history, God, God had a temple there in Israel where that's where his presence would dwell. And so God tells Haggai, look, tell these people that their neglect of my temple isn't just they're neglecting my temple, but it's a state of their heart that they are neglecting me. Why? Because their focus is put on so much other stuff, including themselves. So in the first chapter of Haggai, you see in verse three, where the Lord sends a message through Haggai about this state of their heart. And it says this in verse three, then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses? Why my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. Look at what is happening to you. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but you are not satisfied. You drink, but you are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Verse seven, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what is happening to you. Now go up into the hills, bring down timber and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You have hoped for rich harvests, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, it blew away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. And so the Lord just gives this this sobering reminder to Israeli people that, look, because of your heart, you have been neglecting everything else but yourselves. But you yourselves can't produce what what is longing within you, that you, you are longing to be satisfied. And so if you look to me, what you have been neglecting, then you will start to feel satisfied once again. And not satisfied through your own efforts or your own ability, but satisfied through me and my presence and my blessing and, and me being present within my people and you to your God. The people hear this message and they just have this moment of repentance and they say, okay, we have to do something. We've neglected the Lord for too long. We have to do something. And not only that, but the Lord actually reminds them 
in verse 13 of chapter one, he says, I am with you. And it's really interesting because in verse 14, it says, so the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of the people. So the Lord says, look, you've neglected me for far too long, but look, let me remind you, I am with you. I am with you. If you will just look to me, I will help you do what it is that I'm calling you to do. Going on to chapter two, we see that the Lord starts to offer even more encouragement to the people as they are looking at the ruins of the temple that once was. And more than likely, these people are feeling just kind of defeated. Have you ever had a task where you felt as if you needed to do something and it was difficult? Maybe it was offering forgiveness. Maybe it was it was uh, doing something on your job that you felt like you weren't qualified to do, that you didn't have the skills to do. Or maybe it's something that the Lord has put on your heart that, that to do. Maybe it's a surrender that needs to happen within your life. But have you ever had a moment where there was something that you needed to do, but you were kind of just paralyzed, you're kind of frozen because you're looking at it and you're just questioning whether or not you have what it takes to do it? Right now in this story, the Israelites are having that moment. And the way that I know that the Israelites are having this moment is because many times the Lord tells them, be strong. So in chapter two, you see the Lord say, look, I know that what the ruins of this temple are right now, it looks like there's nothing at all. But he says, be strong, be strong, be strong. He not only says be strong to individual people, but he goes on to say, be strong to all of the people still left in the land and now get to work for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's army. And that's found in verse four In verse five. He says this, my spirit remains among you just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid. What the Lord is doing right here, he's reminding them of his past faithfulness because once upon a time, the Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians. And if you go back and you you read Exodus, the book of Exodus, and in the very beginning of the Bible, you see how the Lord delivered these slaves that were held under captivity of a very powerful, powerful rule of the Egyptians, that this Lord leads them through the impossible in order to be exactly where the Lord wanted them to be. And he's saying, look, right now this task seems very, very hard that is in front of you that I'm calling you to do. But for one, be strong. And for two, remember that my spirit, the same spirit that led you from Egypt all the way into Canaan and then helped you overtake Canaan and make it Israel, the same spirit that was then with you remains among you just as I promised. But then he goes on to say, do not be afraid. And then as I was reading this, I was just thinking, you know, okay, yes, this this all makes sense. He's saying, be strong, do not be afraid. But then I start to think, why is he saying, do not be afraid? You know, because right now they're kind of just looking at the task. And okay, it, it makes sense that he would say, be strong. But now he's saying, do not be afraid. But as you keep reading, it starts to make a little bit more sense of why he's saying, do not be afraid. And he says this in verse six, for this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. In just a little while, I will shake again the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all nations and the treasures of all nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Pausing right here, there's so much that we can unpack. 
the Lord is saying, look, do not be afraid. Why? Because what I'm about to do might terrify you. I mean, he goes on to talk about shaking the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I'll shake all the nations, including the nations that have taken over Israel and that have led them into captivity or that will lead them into captivity. But then he goes on to give them this promise. He says, I will fill this place with my glory. So he's saying, look, I know that this temple was strong of years ago. And I know that maybe you've heard stories of my faithfulness from leading people out from Egypt, your ancestors, and you've maybe heard so much, but I am reminding you now that I will do even more than what you can imagine right here, right now. But then he goes on to say, not only that, but I will provide. Why? Because I am the provider. I will provide any silver, any gold, anything that you need, I can provide for you. So he's reminding them, that he is the provider, that yes, this task looks crazy, that this task looks difficult. But for one, do not be afraid. Two, be strong. And then three, trust me that I will give you and equip you with whatever you need to to accomplish what I am calling you to do. But then verse nine is what really stood out to me. He says this, the future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Right now, you might be wondering, Jonah, why did you just read this obscure book in the Bible and talk about this minor prophet that hardly anybody ever talks about? And why did this just impact you so much? The reason why this impacted me so much can be found not in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. So there's many passages that refer to us that those that have asked Jesus to be Lord of their life, that we as followers of Christ are referred to as God's temple. For instance, in 1 Corinthians 3, 16, Paul reminds the Corinthian church this. He says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? As I was reading this book in in, in Haggai, in this passage in Haggai chapter 2, he was reminding the people, he was saying, look, my spirit will be among you in order to help you do what I'm calling you to do. And not only that, but what I am building that I will use you to build will be much greater than what came before. And I was thinking that, look, okay, Lord, if you had this much care and concern over a, a, a temple made out of elements of the things of this earth, of bricks or gold or silver and all this other stuff, if you had this much care and concern and you had this promise that you will do immeasurably more than what in that moment, even though it looked like it was ruins, you would do much more to come than what was. How much more do you look at the temples of our heart And you have such a beautiful plan and purpose that goes far beyond not only anything this world can offer, but anything that has happened previously. Again, so so I'm saying like, okay, if, if your word says that when we surrender to you and we ask you, Jesus, to become Lord of our life and we die to ourselves, my identity is no longer my own strength, my own ability. And not only, not only that, but my identity is no longer in my sin but my identity is in my Savior. And when your word says that when I do that, your, your spirit dwells 
within me. Why? Because I am made holy, not through my own actions or my own work, but through who I have surrendered to. So now if I have the Holy Spirit, and Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, that God's Spirit now dwells in your midst? If you were going to do immeasurably more with that temple, how much more will you do within the temple of our hearts? So no matter what we go through, the Lord is faithful to do a beautiful work of art through the chaos that we have been through either today or previously, or even the chaos to come tomorrow. There's a lot of things that, that, that I still am confused about. There's still things that I sometimes go to the Lord. I say, Lord, why did that happen? You know, Lord, I know you are good. I, I know what your word says. I, I know you have a plan, a plan and, and purpose for my life that goes beyond anything this world can offer. But, but Lord, why did that happen? Why did, why, why was that allowed to happen? You know, I, I, I thought that I was going to be here, but now I'm there. You know, why did that happen? And there's, it's so easy just to have all these questions for God and say, God, you know, what are you doing? Maybe you're listening or watching this right now and you're just wondering, Lord, where are you? Where are you with what I am going through? The Lord is faithful to us. Why? Because we are his temple. If you have asked the Lord to be the Lord of your life, the scripture says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The same, the same God, the same Savior and Sustainer that told the Israelites, look, be strong. Why? For I am with you. Be strong. Why? Because I will resource you with whatever you need. Be strong. Why? Because I promise you that what I am going to do is going to be way more than anything that has been done. How much more will the Lord rebuild and remake what is broken within us? No matter what we go through, there is nothing that escapes our God and his care and concern. Another thing that stands out in contrast from the book of Haggai to what is, what is reality now is that when the Lord is telling the people, look, my spirit will dwell among you, that is so much different than now his spirit can dwell in us. And you may be asking, you know, why is it that the spirit of God did not dwell in, in the people of old? And the reality is, is because Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer, had not yet come to live the life that we could not live and die the death that we deserve. And so once Christ, the sinless one, died a death that we sinners deserve, he purified us from our sins and our identity and our slavery to our sin. If you have a moment where you ask Jesus to be Lord of your life and you accept the gift of his forgiveness and his salvation, his freedom that is, that, that is given on the cross, and what happens is in that moment is a beautiful exchange. When we ask Jesus to be Lord of our life, he purifies us from our sin and he places his spirit within you. And that is the spirit that helps refine and remake you, not into who you were, but in who he wants you to be. He purifies us and he helps us be who he's called us to be. This passage in Romans 8, 9 reminds me of this reality where it says this, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature anymore. You are now controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. 
That's why when you have maybe met those that are true followers of Christ and you see the way that they love and you see the way that they act and, 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 and hopefully you saw just such a change. The reality is, is that that change that you are seeing is the Holy Spirit of God working through them. He's not just saying, look, my spirit will kind of work in your life and then leave in certain moments. But he's saying, no, no, my spirit will stay within you. How much more should that give us a confidence to allow him to do whatever he wants to do and to say, Lord, even if this doesn't make sense of what you're calling me to do, Lord, I trust you. How much more does that help us be able to be obedient when he calls us to do whatever it is that he's calling us to do? I'm also reminded of passages such as 1 John 4, 4. And right before 1 John 4, 4 and verse 3, he's talking about that there's just so much brokenness around us. But then he goes on to say this, but you belong to God. So you listening or watching this, you don't belong to this brokenness or the brokenness that you maybe feel or the things that you are going through. You don't belong to that. Why? Because now you belong to God. You have already won a victory over those people, the broken, because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Heavy heart, no matter what you are going through, may our identity be not wrapped around the brokenness or the ruins, but it may our identity be in the redeemer, in the rebuilder, in the remaker, that our God wants to do an incredible work and wonder within our hearts, but that only can happen through surrender surrender and submission and obedience. Jesus said that if we love him, that we will keep his commandments. And as we keep his commandments, as we, as we invite the Lord within our lives and we're honest about the ways that we lack, we are saying, Lord, I am your child. Lord, I am yours. I am yours. Remake the temple of my heart that maybe I have hoard out to so many other things or other people. But Lord, in this moment, I'm deciding that you and you alone are the only one that can remake something better within me than anything, anything in the past. Take heart. Why? Because we belong to God. And we, through Christ, through Jesus, what he did in, in his death and his burial and his resurrection, what Christ has done is that he has made a victory over our death and decay and our sin. And so when we have our identity in Christ, we can rest knowing that the enemy can do whatever he wants to do to us or around us. But at the end of the day, we are secure in Christ because he has won our victory. In the very end of that passage in Haggai, in verse 9, he says, in this place, I will bring peace. The future glory of this temple will be greater than the past glory. And in this place, I will bring peace. Heavy heart, do you feel a lack of peace right now? Do you, do you have a lack of peace in your circumstances because of the chaoses that are going on around you and within you? May we take heart, not in our own ability to provide a peace or a comfort through this chaos, but may we take heart in saying, Lord, no, 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 you will produce a peace within me as I open up my heart for you to have your will and way in me. There is nothing that can rob our God from his love and concern for your heart and his passionate pursuit of it. May we allow the Lord to do whatever he wants to do with us through his strength 
and his presence. And no matter what it is that he calls us to do that may seem impossible, may we look at him and say, God, with you, all things are possible, even the brokenness within my life. So here, let us pray. Lord God, just thank you that you are faithful. You are faithful. And Lord, even in the moments where it feels like you are not faithful, or even in the moments where we're confused and we're wondering and we're scratching our head and we're dumbfounded of why things are happening the way that they are happening around us and within us, Lord, we can take heart. Why? Because your glory, your goodness is so much more than we can even comprehend. You are the God who could do immeasurably more than anything we ask or imagine. And so, Lord, help our heavy hearts rest in knowing that you want to do a work and wonder within our heart that goes beyond any, anything that we have previously been through or previously have done. Our best days of yesterday are nothing compared to what you have planned for us tomorrow. But Lord, help us see things upside down and seek you first and foremost, God, because it's only through you and through having our eyes on you that we can be able not to get so distracted and bogged down by the chaos all around us. Lord, help you be who we look to to find color and peace through the chaos. Lord, I pray for those that are listening or watching this and they just have so much wounds, so much baggage, so much hurt. Lord, they know that they have, they have broken and they have missed it. They know that you have been passionately pursuing after them for so long and maybe right now they're at the first time where they can have an opportunity and they, they, they have that burning in their heart where they are just saying, Lord, I can't do this anymore apart from you. So Lord, Lord, lead us to surrender. Whatever it is in our life that we need to surrender and trust you in, Lord, help us. Jesus, have your will and way in us. Please use us. We are yours. We need you. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. Heavy heart, rest easy. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of this podcast today. And if this has blessed you, please feel free to subscribe if you're listening to this podcast or even share it with somebody else that maybe needs to hear what it is that we talked about today. But at the end of the day, if there's anything good within me, I pray that you don't just see me and look up to me, but that you see that the same creator, savior, and sustainer that is working in my life can work through your life. But all it takes is an open heart to say, Lord, have your will and way. Jesus, forgive me. I am yours. And I accept, I accept the life that you have planned for me that starts through an obedience and a surrender to you. And so heavy heart, rest easy. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I look forward to talking to you next week. And, and again, if this has blessed you in any way, feel free to reach out to me. And I would love to be a part of what the Lord is doing in your life. God bless you. You have a great day. I'll talk to you later. See ya.